Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hey everyone, welcome to Kill Me Now with Judy Gold. I'm your host, Judy Gold, and what a pleasure it is to be here today. Uh, we have today my interview with uh, Matt Bronger, part two of my interview with him. He's really funny and... Um, it's very interesting, too. I think you're going to enjoy. Um, I love talking to comics. Anyway, who gives a shit? So let me tell you about what's going on in my life. Uh, since I'm trying to speak at the beginning so everyone hears. But don't don't worry. I know who's listening till the end. <laughs> so just so you know, today is November 7th. Is that correct? Is it November 7th or November 8th? Let's see. It is... Brittany, what is it? It's November 8th. Oh, yeah. Today's election day. Um, I'm, I'm recording this a little early. Brittany's here. Brittany. Hi. Okay. Anyway, so um, by the way, there was someone, uh, this agent I was working with, who for years, I would say a year or two, thought that Brittany, Joe Sowards, Richmond, who um, I talk about at the end of the podcast, who is my assistant. She is my... Um, executive, you know, I'm an executive. So she's my executive assistant. Anyway, so this agent thought that I made up that I had an assistant, Brittany, until he actually heard her voice like on a three-way call. And he was like, oh my God, I thought you were making it up the whole time. That's how much people respect me in this business. Okay. All right. Anyway, so, um, Besides the fact that it is election day and you better fucking vote, I don't care who the fuck you are and whatever fucking excuse you have, you have to vote. Vote, vote, vote. Democracy. Democracy. Okay. So that's number one. Number two, the next week, I will be... And I, I don't even... I can't even talk about it. So let me tell you what I'm doing this week. Besides today, I'm voting Friday, November 11th. You motherfuckers. I am interviewing. I'm doing a live podcast with Al Franken, the one and only Al Franken, who should still be our senator, but he's not. But anyway, so uh, I am doing a live podcast at 930 p.m. for the New York Comedy Festival at the Midnight Theater, which is in Midtown. Go to my website. Oh, or or um, on Twitter and Instagram and all that shit. I have a link for tickets. I need you, your fucking asses there. I'm going to have the bell. We're all, I mean, I need my people who listen there. Okay? So that's uh, November 11th, this Friday, actually, at 9.30 p.m. at the Midnight Theater in New York, New York. Also, I just want to say, hey, on the 12th of November, which is Saturday, is Ben's first basketball game of the season, Ben Callahan goal. 
I, or as I like to say it, Ben Callahan. Gold. Um, so good luck to him. And then I'm going somewhere for my birthday, but I don't know where I'm going, but I know what I'm doing. I actually figured it out because no one can keep a fucking secret in this family. Um, also, I want to say fuck daylight savings time. What the fuck? Like this is makes me depressed. This this is part of my mental illness is this fucking stupid getting dark at four o'clock in the fucking afternoon. It has to end. It must end now. Hate it. I think you're going to enjoy my my part my part two conversation with Matt. Um, he is very talented and prolific and a great talker. So sit back, relax, and enjoy "Kill Me Now" with Matt Bronker. Okay, so you started doing stand up in '97. Is that correct? Pro- probably probably '98 '99. Actually, oh, okay. but yes. Let's just say sure. You said that you did 70 to 80% of your shows drunk, uh, which I'm telling you, you would never have gotten away with in New York. Well, when I say drunk, I don't think people necessarily knew. I think I had that young metabolism. I knew. And it was only, I only say that because we didn't do it to, to get our courage up or to be like, I'll have more fun this way. It was just like, it's nighttime and I'm not waiting tables. So we're drinking. It was me and like, you know, uh, Kyle Kinane and John Roy and a bunch of, and you know, quite frankly, a few of us got stone sober during that time because of that, because it was, it was insane. Looking back on it, I'm just like, it, that is, that is crazy. And we were doing short yeah. sets, but it was also, they were also in bars and it wasn't, yeah. I would say you saying that in, in New York, I wouldn't get away with it. You're probably hundred percent right. Because I think the rooms you're talking about are real rooms. I did not start out in real rooms. They were bars that were putting up stand-up shows where everyone was at least buzzed in the room, if not sloshed. So it was just, I don't want to be like, it was was the culture, but it was. um, When you did your first show, Mm. not drunk. Right. What did you learn or what was the difference? It was the first time I was actually doing rooms on the road where it was just like, yeah, you know, this isn't a party. I'm getting paid for this, you know? And 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 do you remember the first time? Like, were you nervous? Like, I'm not going to. Yeah. No, no. You know, it wasn't even that thing that it's only one of those things I'm aware of looking back. Yeah. It never crossed my mind to not have a few before I went on stage, you know, like, of course, it certainly has now and has for some years. Um, but it was just it was just something you did. And, and it's so it's, did and it. you know what's also I go to shows all the time. They're like, do you want anything to drink? I said, no, this is my job. I don't drink till after yeah. the show. Like, yeah. oh, yeah. they're so used to comics. I, I say to these comics like at the cellar and so like, how do you get on stage stone like that? Like, yeah, this stoned is your job. Too. I know yeah. this is your fucking job. And some people are like, I'm wasted right now. And it's like, why <laughs> these people yeah. are spending. So I need every brain syntax when I am on yes. stage. I want to yes. know. I want to be clear headed and know, know oh, yeah. everything that's going on. I think it's a really bad habit. And I, mm-hmm. you know, even my son, who's my older son, who's worked in comedy clubs is like, 
you know, I remember we were somewhere and he and they were like, oh, you want a drink? And she's and he's like, she never does anything before. She, you know, and it's, wow, your, yeah. it's your fucking job. It's your yeah. fucking job. OK. Yeah. I, I read that you in an interview that you did that. You you thought it was easier to do stand up because you had you had created this sort of group of of mm. people that were which is very stand up. A lot of people don't realize that once you bond with your fellow stand ups, yeah. it's it's huge. And and there's always so many times where one person gets another person a gig or brings someone along. And I was reading about about that and and how you said it helped you. You also said, I don't know what it was like in the 80s. And I was like, I have to talk to him about the 80s because yeah. that's when I started in the early 80s. And the early 80s was the comedy boom. And I mm-hmm. and I have to say, I think you and it was you could get so much stage time. I mean, and no one was on yeah. a phone. They were they weren't invented. But I could go. There were no bringer shows. No one had a show where you had to bring people. Yeah. Every place was packed. The show at Catch a Rising Store went from like eight, eight thirty until two thirty in the morning, nonstop. Wow. You had a, yeah, you yeah, had yeah. a change of MC at eleven or eleven thirty, and mm-hmm. uh, and the audience would o- t- completely turn over. And you would hang, you had to hang out and I would go on at two in the morning for, you know, four people couldn't have been happier. The band told me I was funny. The servers told me I was funny. And so, and it was going from one place to another. And it was really like I had, I am lucky, I feel, but you said, you know, there's more comics now and that you had this group. And I thought to myself, you know, He's lucky. He's lucky he has this group mm. of friends because the women yeah. never, I, and I've said this multiple times on the show, we never got to work together because they would never put more than one woman on a yeah. show. And so we shame. couldn't help each other because there was room for one. And that, that yeah. that's how they set up the system. Yeah. And, and it was, I was just thinking about your experience versus mine, which was so... I mean, my, I have so many close friends who are female standups and a lot of them stopped doing standup because it's just, yeah. but the camaraderie among the guys is, is unbelievable. Like I remember mm-hmm. when Ray Romano got everybody else Raymond and brought all his friends along, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And John yeah. Stewart, you know, it's, and oh, John Stewart, but <laughs> I mean, I, do, do you know how lucky you are that you had? Well, and I'll tell you, the how how specifically lucky i was with with that little group because it was tiny and i will say we did have we did have some have some killer women some women that were writing jokes that were like jesus christ that well that you know that's the difference between the 80s and the you know absolutely but we also there were there were no stakes whereas i would i would i would say that that era you started out in, you know, it was the era of you go on Carson, you kill on Carson, you know, you have a really good chance of having a career the rest of your life or having a sitcom. Yeah, where, absolutely. Uh, uh, we were right there where there was, you know, we were just doing stand up because we really had fun doing it. And we had this open mic. We, everybody went to every Monday and they would sign up up to 30 or 40 people. And everyone did so, only like five minutes. 
And because it was only five, we always had this challenge to each other of doing new bits every single time. And it was funny because John Roy was the only guy who would really practice his art the right way and do stuff more, do stuff repetitive. And we made fun of him and he would laugh at us and go, yeah, enjoy your jobs. Because he was already playing clubs. And we're like, ah, he's right. But at the same time, because we didn't have any industry attention at all, Chicago didn't didn't want us. It was kind of like we got to develop who we were probably a little faster than most. So once we got to, you know, I definitely hit hit ground on LA and, and it took me a couple of years to get known, but it, it's like, I, I liked how I did stand up. I liked the stuff I was talking about. I felt like I had something of a voice and it, it, it was, it was because, because there wasn't that attention. Pressure. Yeah. Pressure. Yes. Where, whereas in LA, you kind of, you feel like you, I you love all, that you bring that kind of there. That was another aspect of 80s standup is that yeah. you never knew who was in that audience. And right. At any given time that, Mm -hmm. you know, people's careers changed from one guy going to a comedy club and saying, I want, I want that. I want, oh, there was industry there. It was, that is true. That, that was a place where industry went and now they don't go out. They don't go out at all. No. And your audition, you would audition in front of a live audience. Didn't matter what happened before you. What happened? Right. At, that was your fucking slot. It was, you know, there was no video or filming over and over and over until you got it right. It was that's it. Yeah, it was really. I think it made us better comedians, though. I think the mm, interesting. You know, you knew when to work on your material, and you knew, like, I would go to clubs, and I'd be like, "Oh, I'm going to work on this new bit," and then they'd say, "So and so's in the audience," and you're like, "I'm not going to work on this new bit," you know? Nope. Yeah. Um, but there were so many rooms where you could do it. Why did you go to LA instead of New York after you? Because I, I didn't, I, I, I felt much more in, uh, it, you know, I wanted, I wanted to, to do standup and acting. And I felt like that back then that was a place you could do it where it wasn't, you know, TV acting, you meant TV acting movie where, wherever, uh, basically, but on a screen mostly, whereas New York was Broadway. Here was Broadway and stand up, but and much off, more and off Broadway, yeah, you're and right. And off Broadway, true, true, yeah, but you know, still live stuff. I just wanted to. I had this fear of 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 not being able to make a living at it, and I felt yeah. like, okay, that's my best shot. And I already have people who are there, and the lifestyle seems more in tune with with me. I mean, I'm 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 definitely you're a, a West, West Coast, Coast guy, guy. yeah, yeah, uh, but. It's uh, it's one of those things I definitely look back on and go, hmm, what if? Um, the 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 one thing I I have this, I have found I think this much less of this now, but New York the New York stand up scene, I don't know why because it might be because there's so many more opportunities to do stand up. Uh, you would definitely get people who were scrambling mentally much more, and it was like a a, a heady sense of anxiety, whereas it wasn't as palpable in Los Angeles. Uh, it was definitely as strong. We're all just definitely scrambling yeah. just as much, but it wasn't this thing where you where we'd go to sh- go show and a ton of people and and it, you kind of see everyone had a thousand yard stare. Um, and yeah. I feel like that's much much more diminished now, especially now that we realize how it can all go away, like yeah. it did in twenty twenty, where it's kind of like and two thousand one. I mean, yes. being in New York after nine yeah, eleven wow. was wow. Yeah, I mean uh, that. That was a point in my life where I was like, 
are we ever going to be able to laugh again? Saturday Night Live was actually the one that gave us all permission to laugh again because, you know, when Giuliani wasn't a psycho mental case and he he came on and and uh, Lauren Michaels said, you know, can we can we um, can we be funny? And he was like, yeah, can we be funny? Why start now? Why start now? Yeah. Yeah, because um, hey, we needed something like that to be like, you know, because all of us, even now, you know, you've been doing it longer than I have been, but I've been doing it for a pretty long time. You I've still been doing go, it since you're eight years old. Okay. And I'm, that's awesome. That's, oh, no, that's it's, awesome. it's ridiculous. Okay. No, it's good. But see, that, that, that goes to my point. Even on a daily basis, we go, what am I doing? This is real. This is something that I do. I, People are into it. Yeah, you know? I love it. I love yeah. it. I'm, I am truly a stand-up. Like uh, you know, people do it to get other shit, but I yeah. love the art. And you've said that that your favorite is stand-up. Yeah, because I can, I can, I can change. I can uh, adapt. I, I had a set at the store last week. That that's where I go up the most in L.A. And and oh, uh, did you ever I, meet Mitzi? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, she we didn't was know so each other. good to me. She was yeah. so good to me. I never, I got passed after she had given up the reins right. and I, but I had, I remember when I first got to LA, I, I auditioned and she was kind of, even then pretty detached and mm-hmm. you know, my set was fine, but I didn't get passed and I totally understood. And I kind of focused on other places and stuff. But then, uh, when my now wife, then girlfriend broke up for a few months, I was just like, I'm just going to be on stage as often as I can. So I just started hanging around the store and then they, then they eventually passed me. But yeah, I was, I was up and I was kind of working on. See how that hanging out helps. You know, no one hangs out anymore. No one hangs out. Oh, I've tried to get friends passed. And I'm like, you You always have to hang out. I told a friend of mine when he was on the, you know, on the come up, why don't you go hang out at the comedy store? I'll introduce you. And I did. And he came on a night that I wasn't there. And, you know, he was after 45 minutes of watching comedy and they let him in free. Uh, he he texts me all caps. They're just making me wait. And I was just like, oh, my I, God, that's the 45 game. minutes. How about yeah. hours? How about yes. hours and hours and Weeks. fucking watch the other comedians and yes. learn something? This is yes, fuck I would go. Th- oh, fuck them. Yeah. Um, so that's that's that. I I uh, I had it. You know, I go there once or twice a week and and I was there and I I was working on a premise that you know it wasn't doing amazingly but I just started I looked at one guy and I felt a connect I guy started calling him Carhartt cuz he had a Carhartt right. hat on and then he he would he was I was like I was like oh did you just come from work and he's like no I'm a software engineer and I'm like of course every white guy wears a uh, Epcot tough guy shit <laughs> and I got a laugh and and then I just started going off about racism well, that's how, you... and how it does yeah. how it doesn't exist and then that's doing well. And some people are mad at me, but it was just like, okay, now I found my lane. It's yeah, almost like testing. It's like testing cars at a test drive. And you're like, yeah. no, I'm just going to drive this one for a while and maybe crash into the wall. And I'm going to get this other car. So there's no other art form I've ever known that's like that. It's I also, yeah, I, I also, it's so funny how bits come out of nowhere. You know, I love my liquid IV that I drink Liquid IV pretty much every day. And I love it because it keeps me hydrated. I travel with it because it's in little packets. It tastes great. It's an amazing product. 
It hydrates better than water alone, three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drinks, eight vitamins and nutrients, non-GMO. But here's the best part. You know I've been bragging about Ben, my son Ben, who plays basketball. His team, his entire team, they love Liquid IV. I mean, they are number four in the nation. They are an amazing team. They've done better than ever this year. Dare I say it's because of the Liquid IV? I'm not going to say for sure, but I'm telling you, these athletes love liquid IV. They love all the flavors, strawberry, lemonade. I love the watermelon. I never give them any of my watermelon. They have sugar-free, white peach, green grape, lemon, lime. It makes you feel great. And if you need a little caffeine, the the, uh, lemon ginger is beyond, beyond. And I know they use it while they're working out. I'm pretty sure they might use it after a game that they won and went out and had, you know, a couple of drinky poos. But that being said, I love Liquid IV. They're a great sponsor. They're a great product. And I honestly couldn't live without them. And it's winter still. You need to be hydrated. Hydration is very important. So weekends are for going wild, as you all know. Have a game plan for Monday. That's what you need. I just had this conversation with Ben's girlfriend. I said, if you're going to go out and party, you need a game plan. And what's your game plan? Liquid IV. Weekends are for going wild. Have a game plan for Monday with Liquid IV. Grab your Liquid IV hydration multiplier sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco or get 20% off your first order when you go to liquidiv.com and use code JUDYGOLD, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Superior Hydration today using promo code JudyGold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, at liquidiv.com. You're welcome! You did Letterman in 2007, and I I watched your set, and... But, yes. Oh. But it's fine. God damn it. 2008. Okay. Okay, I was. A, I was uh, the la- I only only remember that because I was the last guest of the year. Of the, the year, last, yeah, because it was before happy, they went sad Happy New Year. But break. first of all, you seemed really confident and comfortable, and I read that right before you were going on, they were like, "Dave is going to invite you to the couch. Do you have a funny story?" And you said, "Oh yeah, I have this funny story." And they're like, "No, do another one." And you're like, "I ha- I can't. I'm fucked." going on national talent like shut the fuck yeah. up well it was it was eddie brill and he was he was uh he was like he didn't say let's have another one he was like do you have a backup and i was like no eddie no i'm trying to remember my jokes you know and uh you know he was like okay okay and it was like dave's probably gonna call you over you know i'm sure if i would have ate it he wouldn't have but um i i was confident but i also think that was just as i was starting sh- to get noticed in showbiz and I kind of had that. Oh, sorry, I got stu- another. It's okay. Siren, go ahead. No. No worries. Uh, no, I, I I have two. It's two to one now. Go ahead. Yeah, you're winning. Yeah. I, I kind of just had that, um, you know, kind of deer in the headlights where I just, I wasn't even thinking about consequences. I, I remember sitting there, they taped two shows that day, and I wasn't on at the same time as him, but the show before me was Dustin Hoffman. And I remember watching Dustin Hoffman talk about the time he lived with Robert Duvall. They were roommates in their 20s. And Duvall was 
they had linoleum put in their apartment. The landlord put new linoleum in, and that was his line to women on the street. Be like, yeah, you got to come by the apartment. There's linoleum. And Letterman was like, would that work? And Dustin went, Dustin went never. Not in a million years. He, Bob was terrible with women. And, I, and I, I remember, I wish I had more of that now because I remember watching that and just enjoying that story so much and not being in my head very much. Right. And just having that thing of like, you know what? I've done this bit a million times. It'll probably at least go well. And now when I've done late night or stuff, I've just been, I, I try not to, but I get really in my head because it's so short. I feel like you probably do too, right? Well, that I, I really, yeah, I don't, I don't think I do well. Uh, I've done the tonight show uh, with Leno a few times. I did Colbert, Mm -hmm. but I did panel. Um, The first time I did the tonight show, I did panel too. Then when I did stand up, I've never, I, you can't get the essence of me in four to six minutes. You can't do it. I am. I am a bigger than life. I take up a lot of space. I have an attitude, but you have, you know, the trust, you know, you, you're, you're first getting up there and you're gaining trust and, yes. and, and you don't really, I mean, that's why it's, it's funny when people do these late night shows and they kill a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them are joke tellers, you know, joke, yeah. laugh, 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 Set laugh, up, laugh. knock it down. Set right. it up. And then they go yeah. to a, a club and people are like, oh, I, yeah, I, I didn't want to listen to that for an hour. But yeah, it, it's, you're not you're not mobile. You need you, you. You need now to be like a master of a keto. You have to right. be able to roll with anything. Especially now that I don't know if you've noticed this, we're getting a lot more hecklers these days. Uh, a lot of people like just. I had a lot. I yeah. I think because I've been doing it so long, mm-hmm. I don't get as many, and I think they all yeah. know that right. if they do it, they're going to be fucking. You know, I, I yeah. used to get so many. I think because I was gigantic and a woman, and I'm gay, and you know, <laughs> I'd be like, "Go oh, fuck yourself," you know. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, people are definitely, I definitely know what you're talking about with these, when I'm not in a show that it's for me, Yeah, people think they, but you know, you go to the comedy cellar in New York, you fucking, one thing, you're out. Yeah, good. God and bless them. you cannot, you have to lock your phone up. I mean, that club is, yeah. is a, it's, it's, it's incredible. The, yeah, it's the best. Um. Yeah, I had to kick two guys out in St. in St. Paul on the late show. And I kept, you know, I'll play with people. I'll go, yeah, I'll Same. take them here. Or, you know, uh, you know, make fun, make fun, make yeah. them feel normal, talk about, hey, it's okay. You know, hey, shut up, dad. You know, I know you're not proud of me. You know, whatever. Yes. And then, you know, and these but these guys, I'm lit and I'm like, the way they're talking to me, they just keep yelling bullshit out and my setups. Like just basically right, tripping, and it takes, tripping. and then once when, when and it's I, yeah, when it starts tripping and, you, you're like, get the fuck out like, of here. Sixth, seventh time, I was like, you guys gotta go. Oh, I wouldn't like, have no, waited no, till six or seven. We, we don't have to. Yeah, I'm too nice, but I was, you know, they're like, we don't have to. And you know, it's just, it's this great place called Laugh Camp in St. Paul. They don't have security. This old bartender had to tap them and walk them out. And they're in the bar. I hear bitching about how com- comedians used to be able to handle anything. It's like I did. What am I supposed to do? Just let you I mean, comedians used to be. No one is coming yeah. there for you to fucking scream at them. Like, the what is the fucking wrong? Them. 
people were standing up and yelling in their faces. Right. And I, and this is where, this is where the, where I, the only time, I mean, I hated it. And then afterwards the goodwill was great and finished strong. But the thing that got me is afterwards I'm at the, I'm at the bar having a beer with the, with the bartender who's telling me about these guys. And they're, and I'm like, so what were those guys like 25? And the guy's like, no, they were in their fifties. And that just made me Fucking, go, that is what even is more, yeah. shit? You know, Fucking I, mean, I, assholes. Had a, I had a bad opening set the next night because I couldn't get that out of my head. I kept, it's, I yeah. kept my synapses were firing wrong where I had to stop and go, guys, I got to talk to you and be real. I'm dealing with some shit right now. We're going to get this back. And I did, I want them back and everything, but it was like, I had to drop all pretense of master of ceremonies and go, I'm just not myself right now because literally hearing their age just depressed the shit out of me because I'm 48 and I'm just like, I'm barely holding it together in my own mm-hmm. way. But just the thought of being, being in my fifties, going with my best buddy, getting that hammered at a show and yelling shit while someone's trying to make something and the fact and having that, no, yes. no self-awareness. Like, but that's not about that's, you know, you're internalizing it and you have to yeah. realize, oh, of, course. of course, you know, of course. it's, it's sad, but it's also yeah. sad that we have to have security in the fucking yeah. comedy clubs. It is. We need it to, is. my brother calls me. He's like, uh, you know, do you feel safe? And I'm like, yeah, uh, I do. I do feel safe. I mean, I feel less safe as a Jew than I do as a comedian. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, Judy, I was going to actually lead with that when we were talking before we got into talking about me or whatever I'm doing. I'm like, how are you feeling right now? I'm, I'm, I've been talking with my Jewish friends. It's like, I'm, I'm beyond over this bullshit, you know, like, but like for, for this, 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 this new openly hateful, bigoted wave, you know, I am, it's, it's something that is okay. I think, there's so many things I want to tell you. Um, first yeah, of I'm all, sorry. I don't no, it's it's okay. I'm just checking in on you. That's oh, all. thank you. I, um, you know, my thought. Fa- I just I've just been tweeting about it too. Okay. So I I was born 17 years after the end of the Holocaust. I well, had my parents' friends had numbers on their arms. I know mm-hmm. so many children of Holocaust survivors. I remember. You know, my parents warning me and I'm me being like, oh, please, you know, so I think for people my age, it's really shocking. And I'll tell you the story um, that I went to Yom Kippur services and at our synagogue, they have there's a service called the Yisker service, which is a memorial service where if you've lost family members you attend the service you don't have to haven't lost like a sibling or child god forbid poo 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 Mm -hmm. or parents what right and they always after the service have a holocaust someone who's a child of holocaust survivors or holocaust survivors speak about the holocaust and this Mm -hmm. woman came up and she is a child of holocaust survivors and she she had spoken before but this time uh they were from vienna her her parents and she got all this uh, information from the consulate and found mm. out what happened to the rest of her family. And she came to speak about it. And she said at the end of this that she got dual citizenship. And I thought to myself, 
the child of a Holocaust survivor, the American child of a Holocaust survivor, getting dual citizenship in the country mm-hmm. that killed her family. Yeah. There's nothing that speaks louder than that. And I have been, and I just, I've been tweeting about it because I feel like my parents are dead. Um, I'm not, and I remember as a kid going, you know, I would tell them to go blah, blah, blah. You know, you think, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. You can come after me all you want. You should see the shit on my Twitter feed now. Of course. Um, course. It's, it's, I'm not going to stop because this cannot happen here. And it's fuck it. But thank you for asking. I appreciate it. No, and it's that the thing I'm trying to uh, open my, uh, the eyes of my fellow Goyam is that, you know, uh, the thing there, there will always be money in weaponizing hate against the other and creating the other and creating this false a- adversity or, or, or this idea that there is a predatory, uh, uh, group of, 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 of people based on their lineage, based on their, you know, what you might call, you know, race, even though yeah, that's a, a basic made up thing. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. But it's, there's, there's people making money. Because they find people who are disaffected, who are, who are not unhappy with their lives, and they have someone to blame. I always say we – But Ju- Judy, Jew, it's the oldest hate. It's been the, it's yes, the oldest, first hate the and oldest hate, the and they will – yeah, they will come and, after and, us and after us and after us. And, and after these you. people and, that don't speak up, this is right, – this right. is what is – it's not – we know that's there. It's the people right. not speaking up. Of course, that's what. Of yeah. Yeah. And and uh, my mom made the point to me when I when I was a kid, you know, I go to punk rock shows and there were skinheads in Portland because Oregon was designated right. a, a state for. White oh, people. yes. Yes. And so, you know, th- that's in no small part why, why Portland is so is so liberal is because it's a kind of an angry uprising in in it of itself in, in a city, you know, where when you have a city where you have different people, different perspectives, different colors, you know, proclivities, you have discussion. Yeah. And so you will, you, you will figure discourse. out what's what. It's called discourse. So, discourse. Yeah. Thank you. So there were these guys coming to shows, you know, dressed up with the suspenders and the shaven heads and the shit kicking boots. And they would, you know, g- you know, say their bullshit and stuff. And then you had uh, scars, which were called, you know, it was skinheads committed against racism, which were, you know, they were just as violent, but they were kind of anti-racist, but they were also pretty aggro. And I remember the whole thing being really fucked up for the musical scene. And I was saying to my mom and I, then there was, there was a guy who had a camp out in the woods and he would throw punk rock shows and would invite people like me, white guys. And would, you know, you could mosh and you'd get free beer. And then he would talk to you and be like, you know, who's behind all the, and I had guys coming back to school who were like, you know, it's the Jews. And I'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Man? Right. Lev is a Jew. Zach is a Jew. Nick is a Jew. What the fuck are you talking about? And they're like, well, I don't mean them. I'm like, yes, you fucking yes, you do. do. And, 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 it, and, and it was, it was that guy, that fucking asshole named Metzger, who's still alive, was out there and he was mobilizing hate. And I remember saying to my mom. Yeah what the fuck? I thought we were done with this shit. Cause I knew about it. I, I knew right. all the history. And my mom was like, honey, we're never done with this. Yeah. This will always come back. All we can do is fight it, minimalize it and, 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 and make, and kick its ass and make it run. It's always going to come back because it's too easy. There's always going to be an asshole. 
It's and just, I remember it's that crazy. Being, that yeah. being crushingly depressing to me. As a yeah. Man, yeah. Because I was like, I was like, what are you doing? Didn't you see Indiana Jones? The Nazis, are the bad guys, Fuck yeah. you guys, you know? So that's, that's, that's the thing I always keep in mind. It's like, you just can't, you can't let, you, you can't not fight. I have it. to, t- I have to do it. I mean, and you say yeah. uh, that you love, you know, Richard Pryor was one of your favorite comedians growing yeah, up true. and it's true. And you said it for the real reason that he was a hundred percent himself. Um, yes. Didn't so flawed. And, so human. Yeah. And, and fearless. Hey, everyone, you know, one of my favorite things in life, if not my most favorite thing in life, which, yeah, it's arguably my most favorite thing in life besides my kids, and is food and eating. Eating is my favorite activity. And eating is better and easier with Factor. Factor, I'm telling you, I tried their stuff. It is delicious. It is great it is high quality, and they are, when I say ready to eat meals, they're ready to eat in two minutes. They're not frozen. They're never frozen. They're chef-crafted, dietitian approved and literally, you heat them for two minutes. Every week, you have over 35 options to choose from. They have Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, Keto, I Just Did Chef's Choice, 60 or more add-ons that you can stay fueled up. They had these juice shots that were incredible. These are restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat when you are ready to eat. That's it. And they're really good. Elisa loved them too. There's no prep. There's no mess. I've tried a lot of these different kinds of meals. Factor is amazing and so convenient. It's so great to get home from a long day of like schlepping around and knowing you have this delicious meal waiting for you in the refrigerator that takes two minutes to heat up. And you can pause, you can reschedule your deliveries at any time. It is a great solution for those nights and days that you're looking for fast, great, delicious options with no cooking required. Okay? And factor is less expensive than takeout. So what are you going to do? Because I'm telling you, you have to believe me. I never lie. Factor is amazing. You're going to head to factormeals, F-A-C-T-O-R-M-E-A-L-S dot com slash Judy Gold 50, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D 50, five zero. Okay. Judy Gold 50. And use code J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D five zero, Judy Gold 50 to get 50% off. That's code JudyGold50 at factormeals.com slash JudyGold50 and get 50% off. It's worth it. You're welcome. All right. I could talk to you forever. You too. Uh, by the you way, too. I know you're a big Attell fan, David Tell fan. I was uh, hosting at Comedy U Grand in Soho. Um <laughs> in like 1986 and David Tell was a New York University student and I was there the first time he went on stage. Really? Yes. I love that. And uh, he was so funny and he's like, I'm not funny. I go, you were so funny. I mean, I've just been in it a few years, but yeah. He, he is so down on himself. He had a, I, I, I knew a guy who did my, um, did a couple albums with me uh, and, oh God, his name is escaping me right now. It's Monday. But um, he, 
he recorded an album with Attell and he was just like, it's one of the funniest things I've ever recorded. Yeah. I've recorded hundreds of comedy albums and Dave will not let me put it out. I've begged him. I got on my knees and begged him to let me release yeah. it and he wouldn't. Yeah. You know, I don't he's get it. He's just the best. I love him. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's old school. All right. I always, at, first of all, thank you. I could talk to you forever. Um, no, same, Judy. If would, you don't get me into fucking Portland, yes. we're done. Yeah. We're D-O-N-E. Honestly, let me know what kind of venue you want. Okay. What size. I um, also want to go. I also want to go to. Um, well, I, I haven't been in Seattle in a while, but I I would love to go. I want to go to that South by. I feel like I'm old and no one wants me, but whatever. No, no, no. You, would, you know, uh, uh, South by. I have maybe a couple contacts, but. I have um, managers and agents. They don't even fucking. They're like, go well, wait your show. Go write have, your show. Ha- Go to play the crocodile in Seattle. I just played it. And it's, oh, okay. it's a, it's a performance space. It used to be where all the, the nineties grunge acts played and right. they just moved it. They have a giant room and they have a smaller room. That's about a hundred seats. I played the hundred seats one. I did a couple shows and it was magic. Oh, that's my favorite. Great room. Um, man. Yeah. I, I, I can reel off a list of places okay. in Portland for you. So, um, yeah. Matt, I asked my guests two things. Every podcast. Yes. Number okay, one. Great is what uh, you know we're very pro mental health nothing right. and i know you go to therapy now um yes. what do you what else do you do for your mental health i uh, honestly exercise is a big one yeah same um, i it, it i feel like you reboot yourself yeah um i haven't been in a while but i i i'm i need to make it as a good reminder a good i made an, have to make an appointment uh i give platelets when i can because uh, they, that's when people are going through chemotherapy through yeah. cancer, they are, are they need white blood cells. And um, my type A positive is a kind that's often in demand. Yes. Yeah. And so you basically lay in a chair with a needle in your arm for about an hour and a half. You watch a movie, and then you know you go eat cheese. You're your and drink father's son. You're yeah, your I, I father's son. Yeah. But I, I I will say I'm also not li- listening to someone that's dying. I'm not that right. level yes, yes. yes but you know but also also just look for perspective i woke up last night and was terrified about my career and oh, about please. my status Gotta and get over that shit. i no, you're right and i and i tell myself that i am but then i'm not but then i am and you know my my dad said a great thing to me once he's like he's like you know when you wake up in the middle of the night and there's that voice that tells tells you you're, you, you you're not shit that you're that you're worthless yeah. he's like I, yeah, I don't know if there's a devil, but if there is, that's him. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's it. You can I, always I, call, you can always um, text me because I will oh, put it sweet. right into perspective. I do Thank it for you. so many comics. I've been doing it for so long. Thank you. Uh, and that's it so took nice. me forever to shut that voice up. And you know when yeah. it'll shut up? When you're in your 50s. That's when it'll okay, shut good. up. Okay, yeah, good. Okay. I, I think, yeah, just, just, just to, to veer, I was always, for some reason, I always taught myself to veer towards the negative. And I don't right. know why. I think it's Catholic guilt, but I'm, it's just, I have to veer towards the positive because I got so much good things going. I mean, to have a wife like I have to, after right. all we've been through, you it's know, not a ba- get, it's not, you can't, your whole fucking life cannot be yeah. based on what another person thinks of you. It, that's 100%. it. No, I mean, uh, you know, we didn't get into this, but I was at my wife's first wedding. We were uh, off and on 
sleeping together. And oh you know, my god, I can't believe you, I didn't fucking get find that anywhere. You mentioned you mentioned uh, drunk. That's one of the top ten drunkest right. I've ever been. And I'm like, no part of me is like, why are you getting so wasted? It's like you you're in love with this person, and you won't admit it. Yeah. And you know, here we are. And I don't think about wasted time because we have Rose because she turned out so great. Right. And is turning out so great. So it's like. Hey, I know you just don't you know. know. That's that's why you're in this. Um, yes. OK. Also, this is my second question. Podcast is called Kill Me Now because I everything fucking annoys me. Yep. Uh, what <laughs> what pisses you off more than anything in the intro? Like it could be the littlest thing that makes you fucking so mad. Look, I would say off the top of my head, uh, littlest thing is anyone who talks to someone who has to speak directly to the public, especially for a minimum wage with any kind of disdain or disrespect or, or, or bullshit when, you know, the person is just doing their job or just right. trying to, you know, an obvious example would be being in a, a frozen yogurt shop and there's a, you know, barely teen that's back there. And a fa- a guy comes in with his family and they're not wearing masks. This is 2020. Yeah. And the person's like, sir, can you use a mask? And the, and the dad goes, we're good. Like you piece of Go shit. Fuck. This person, you. What's this person? What's the person supposed to do? This thirteen-year-old supposed to take you on, you fifty-year-old asshole. That's the that's the the little the big one would be the fact that our real estate is wholly owned by hedge funds. Oh, hedge funds are buying up real estate. What buildings. about what about you can't go to a game? You can't go to a game and get a decent Tickets. seat. Yeah, Tickets. because my wife they- was just talking about that. Tickets too. It's just. It's one of those things where no one's talking about how our our entire country is being rented to us. And uh, well, yeah, like you, I I watch um, the U.S. Open. I'm a very big tennis fan. You watch any any um, any tennis tournament in the United States, mostly the U.S. Open, and there are empty. Great seats that are empty because some fucking corporation and there's some kid up in the Bronx or, you know, down in the East village, like who would die to go see this? It's fucking unconscionable. I'm sick of it. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. And it's just, it's, you know, it's, and that's, that's a, a, a a tenth of the resources that are just being sat on and wasted by this inordinate displacement of wealth. Right. You know, where we haven't even begun to understand how to take it on. And that's intentional. They've, right. they've insulated themselves incredibly, you know, with billionaires loaning themselves money so they don't get taxed. Yes. And Fuck the fact them. that it's it's barely getting talked about just shows me that the fix is in. That the right. moment someone is going to come forward and say something, they get an envelope. And they're like, okay, you know, yeah. maybe I'll focus on And don't else. forget the 2% of the population that we are, the Jews, we have all of the money. As you can tell well, by my one well, bathroom in my apartment. <laughs> The one thing I will say is when people are like, you know, Jews run the entertainment industry. I'm like, you know, they invented it. I mean, shouldn't yeah. they? I, I don't know. I don't know if you knew this. Like in modern American performance, anything was wholly invented yeah. by Jewish folk. Movie theaters wouldn't exist, you know, cineplexes and then right. the industry. And it's like, and A, you know, who sh- who else should? But joke side B, they don't. Right. Like, stop it. That was a long fucking time ago. Yeah, when, exactly. You know, it was like the, the idea that it, it's 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 just that. Well, the Jews in, in, in entertainment uh, maybe have a little more power to get their voices out. 
when some asshole comes forward and says how about when you're when you uh are murdered when six million of you are murdered you might want to say you know what i'm not gonna let them win and here's my voice you fucking pieces of shit okay and and anyone, last thing I'll say about it, anyone who says there's a vast conspiracy on yeah. any level has 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 never, uh, you know, sat with a group of other people at like the DMV or something. There's right. no, what conspiracy? What meetings are happening that wouldn't have been leaked so long ago? Well, right. you know, it's all going on. They're meeting yeah. in the woods and worshiping the devil. Yeah, that's so true. Go to fucking hell. Yeah. Like, Die. You would, there would be video of it. There'd <laughs> yeah. be so much video right. where it's like, you know, why are you guys all wearing goat's head masks? Oh, yeah. shit. Who who let this kid in with right. a phone? It's like, stop it, man. Like, it just, I don't need the bullshit. Life is too short. Uh, Matt, thank you so much. Thank you. Um, thank you for, watch for Matt's special. Wait, you, it's, a, is that you? It's, yes, I got a siren. Fuck, it's 2-2. Two, two. Shit. 2-2, two, two. we're tied. We ended we're up tied. with both with two sirens. Fuck, yes. I thought I was going to uh, win. Um, Doug, you Doug, are so Doug lucky is, you got a fucking second siren. I last minute. Yeah. Come on, someone at, have a heart the, attack. Let's go. The, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, someone is. Someone yeah. is in New York. It's too big. Uh, um, yeah, Doug is available on video on demand right now. Uh, and it's um it's it's named after a horrible man I met on vacation with my yeah. wife. And it's just about me growing uh, into being a father and a husband and, and looking back on my garbage days. But also, right. you know, I want it to be kind of a vacation for people where people can just right. plop down, turn it on with a bunch of friends and, and enjoy, you know, yeah, hang out. And uh, yeah, so that's to your 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 question about why it's not named Matt. It's named after a, a guy who worked in finance who got right. uh, insanely drunk and didn't like the fact that he had kids at all. So I think men need good examples. We also need bad ones. And Doug is right. my bad one. So good. Fucking that's good. where that was. Um, <laughs> good luck with that. Uh, Thank you. Keep in touch. Thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it. Oh, I love it. it. I would I would love to co- get a cup of coffee with you next time I come to New York. Okay. And, and continue this discussion. We're going we're gonna, to um, we're going to exchange noon bars. Let's noon do it. Bars. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> Matt Bronger, ladies and gentlemen. Woo! Thank you, and Judy. Thanks for having All right. Me. Thank you. Thank you, dear. Thank you so much for listening to part two of Kill Me Now with Matt Bronger. Kill Me Now is produced by Laura Vogel, edited by Colin Schmeling. This podcast and my life would not be possible without the help of Brittany Joe Sowards Dash Richmond because she married a Jew. Uh, she couldn't be more Goyesha. I have to tell you. She is the most Goyesha person in the entire world. And then she says Jewish things and they're so wrong. Like they're so, the accent is wrong. What was one you said? No. Yeah, come on. Come on. No. Please. What was it? Oh, so she, so, you know. No, listen, listen, everyone. So she's trying to be all Jewy because she married Sam. Who, like, first of all, Sam is the greatest. He is the greatest. I don't know how he puts up with her. Anyway, so, so it's, I think it was, you know, Rosh Hashanah or, I don't know, we've been working together for fucking 20 years. Anyway, so, or Passover, and she comes over and goes, Chag Samiach. No, I don't even think she said, yeah. Chag Samiach, which is Chag Sameach. Chag Sameach is how you say Happy holiday or good yontif, which is also happy holiday, which means have a good holiday. 
Okay. I I didn't even know what the fuck she was saying. Ch- what is it? Shag, chag, samiach. Okay, samiach. Okay. This is what I'm dealing with, people. Okay. That's I, I just that's my favorite story. Okay. What else do I have to tell you? As I mentioned before, this Friday, November 11, the Midnight Theater, 9.30 p.m., I will be interviewing Al Franken for Kill Me Now. It will be a live podcast, our first since the COVID fucking ruined everyone's lives. Um, If you don't have my book, yes, I can say that. You're an asshole. Okay, you're a big fucking asshole. Um, What else do I have to tell them, Brit and I? Oh, I'm going to be in uh, Boca Raton. I just added this to my calendar. Boca Raton on December 15th. That's Boca Raton, Florida. Um, Yeah, I have the Chosen Comedy Festival in Miami the night before, but we don't want to push that right now because I want to sell tickets to my... I'm at the Boca Black Box on the 15th of December. I know... Okay, so do you see what I deal with, people? Do you, do you understand? Like, I, everyone thinks, oh, oh, Judy, she's so hard. Oh, oh, you know, I get bossed around. She's not nice to me. She's not that nice to me. Don't, don't boss me around. Anyway, um, I really hope that our democracy is, sa- democracy is saved today. But um, what else do I have to tell you? Oh. Uh, listen, check, just go to my website, judygold.com. I have to update my bio. I'm too busy. Um, also you can start sending birthday gifts to me. No, make in my, if you love me, make a donation to, you know, the the anti-defamation league, make a donation, anything for, you know, climate change, anything against racism, anti-Semitism homophobia okay I can't take this country anymore I want to say rest in peace um, to Steve who uh, was the door guy security guard Steve Green at the comedy cellar village underground he was the nicest and he was taken way too soon he died in his sleep which is the best way to go but big hole big hole in my heart um I love to hug that guy and talk to him. And he always made me feel safe. And, um, yeah, I remember that these kids were in front of the club and, and they were being assholes. And I said, why do you have to be an asshole? And the kids like, looks at me like, and then he sees Steve and he's like, Oh, all right. And he walked away. And I said, do you think that was because I wasn't backing down or because you were standing next to me? And he's like, cause I was standing next to you. Loved him. Wife and two kids, and that fucking orange piece of shit is still alive. Okay. So, um, that's all I have to say right now. Uh, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm doing more TikTok because everyone said I have to do more TikTok, and everyone's like, oh, do the toilet thing again. So, I'm going to start doing the toilet thing again. Um, if you're still listening, uh, oh, I'm at Judy Gold, J E W D Y G O L D. And if you're still listening, I fucking love you so much. And let me, let me talk, t- uh, let me tell you who is our favorite listener of the week. This week is, where's my, um, um, I did mention Jessica and she did text or she DM me or something to see if it was her. Cause I didn't say her last name. And today I'm going to say her last name after I go through all these fucking stupid photos of my kids. Okay. Here's her last name. 
Jessica, don't be mad at me. I love you. And I really want you to speak out about anti-Semitism because it's really bad. And I want you to fucking not let it go when someone says shit about the Jews. Okay, ready? I would like to say to Jessica Hosey, I fucking love you, Jay Hosey 34 on Instagram. I love your, I love you. She wrote, I love your podcast, Judy. I listened to the end. I'm working the polls for voting in Harlem. I fucking love you, Jessica. Go, Jessica Hosey. Hosey, baby. I'll see you in Harlem, Jessica. Thank you all for listening. And as I always say, so long. Ga, 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 ga.